0: Amen. And with that, let's pray to open our service. Father, we love you. Thank you today that we're here. Thank you, Father, that you do make all things new. And Father, we love you. And we just come to you today asking that you'd bless our service. Asking your Holy Spirit to take over and just lead us today. Thank you, Father, that we're here to gather at Journey Church International to honor you and to love you and to meet with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to ask you this morning how many of you be honest with you ever cried during extreme makeover home edition I don't know what it is about those shows but I love them they were on uh, this week I watched a little bit of it last night last night was quite a bit of a, a tearjerker There was a lady on there that was a widow and she's had five aneurysms and she had a bunch of different kids I think five or six kids and you can imagine the difficulty that she was under and of course they were doing a an amazing transformation on her house I love it when they say move that bus and they just go crazy we love to see transformation how many of you love to watch the show biggest loser I love watching the biggest loser I love seeing people's lives some of them there their health is at risk some of them they have literally they say you have like maybe months to live maybe a couple of years and then they go through of course a rigorous training that would probably kill half of us and their lives are transformed that word transformation has so much meaning. I love the word it it has power in it. It has meaning in it. And I think we all love to see transformations. And what I want to share with you today is that God can take the abandoned. God can take the downcast. He can take the sinful. He can take the forgotten. He can take the one that maybe no one even cares about or even knows exists anymore and he can transform them. I want you to memorize a verse with me. Over the next few days. It's not a difficult one. It's Second Corinthians 5.17. And you know, you, you have those theme verses. This would be kind of a theme verse for today. It's Second Corinthians 5.17. And it says this if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And I love that verse. It's one of my favorite verses. I, I memorized it a long time ago. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Now, ushers, if you'll come forward, I know some of you may not have gotten a, a, uh, a sermon notes yet, and maybe you don't have a Bible, the ushers will pass out some Bibles. These are yours to use today. They're yours to keep if you need it. I brought my very first Bible today. I did not grow up and I didn't have a Bible, I didn't really grow up in church, so I remember Heather and I got these, we, we bought our very first ones, and uh, it was a new international version. And, and, I, and I dug it up because I wanted to preach from my first Bible today. Partly because I believe so much in reading your Bible. People's lives who I have seen transformed have, have done so by reading their Bible. And what was cool, I checked because I thought I had done this. I went to the Old Testament. I went to the end uh, after Malachi. And I looked. And sure enough, I had written Thanksgiving 1123-2000. I've been a Christian a couple years now. Finished the Old Testament. Now, I had read the New Testament a number of times by that point because I had gotten on a plan that told you to read the New Testament like seven times, but I hadn't quite braved the, the Old Testament yet. And I dove in, and so I grabbed my Bible, and I was so so excited to see that I had notated that Thanksgiving of 2000, I had finished the Bible. Now, if you would, turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19 is, is a, uh, a powerful chapter in, in the book of Luke. And uh, you'll see the story of a man named Zacchaeus. Let me get there. Chapter 19, we're going to look at the first few verses, and let's just take a look at them, and then we're going to to discuss them together this morning. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man there by the name of Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he, so he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and they began to mutter, he's gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood. He stood up and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. One of the greatest stories in the Bible of a transformed life. And just to give you a little bit of history, if you don't know much about tax collectors, some of you, you may have learned about this when you were younger, some of you, you're like, okay, a tax collector, what's the big deal? Well, it would be like in modern times if, you know, back in World War II, my, uh, one of my grandpas was a, a B-25 bomber captain, and, uh, and it would be like if, if he came back and the Nazis had actually taken over. And, and it'd be like if he decided he was going to go work for the Nazis and begin to t- collect taxes against his family, against his friends, against you all and not only just collect taxes but he began to cheat his friends and family he began to cheat his neighbors out of extra money so that he could get rich and powerful and that's exactly what Zacchaeus did Zacchaeus was a hated tax collector because he cheated his own people see in the time of Zacchaeus the Romans were in power the Romans had taken over and Zacchaeus worked for the Romans and he was cheating his own people he was he was taking his own people's money to get rich my kids were watching Robin Hood yesterday and if you remember uh, the movie there's the sheriff of Nottingham and then the little snippet I tuned in while they were watching it it was the it was the cartoon version one of my favorite uh, where he's like a fox and then the sheriff of Nottingham is this bad wolf guy or whatever and he goes in, and they're having a birthday party for this little guy, and he takes the kid. They, they don't have any money for taxes, but he sees the birthday gift, and he steals the kid's birthday gift. And they're like, oh, that mean old Sheriff Nottingham. That's the kind of guy we're talking about with Zac- Zacchaeus. He was hated. Well, today we're going to see some evidences of a transformed life. We're going to see these evidences in the life of Zacchaeus, and hopefully as you walk out of here today, you're going to hopefully see these evidences in your own life. Now, the first one that we're going to look at is that he had a new appetite. Zacchaeus had a new appetite. Uh, I don't know about you, but I love the show Man vs. Food. How many of you in here know the, the show Man vs. Food? Uh, I, that guy's got about the greatest job on the planet. Adam Richman, of course, is the, the guy who, who started the show, and he gets to travel around the country and he gets to eat all the best food in America at all these places. Now, I say best food. Some of you would go, I wouldn't dare eat it because half of it, you know, it, it, none of it's good for you. Let's just say that. So it's probably not the best food in America, but for my taste, it's the best food in America. And he obviously, he has this huge appetite. He can eat anything. And throughout the country, he goes around and he does these, these food challenges, man versus food. He's trying to, he's trying to win with his huge appetite. And we tuned in the other night while uh, we were with our kids, and uh, they were, listen to this, they were at Munchies 420 Cafe. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They were, some of you may that are, know Munchies 420 Cafe. Now, if, if, uh, if you're not familiar with Munchies 420 Cafe, uh, unfortunately, 420 is a time that uh, a lot of people... Uh, I say a lot of people. If you're in the drug scene, they are smoking dope at 4:20. So Munchie's 4:20 Cafe, obviously, you can imagine the clientele that they've got in there. But they, they the sandwiches they were making that day, it was, a, it was a hoagie bread or a big French bread about this big, and they put six cheeseburgers on there, and I was saying amen. And then they were sticking a pound of Philly cheesesteak, and you know, that sounds like a pretty good sandwich, right? Well, then they stuck a whole order of onion rings on there, a whole order of mozzarella cheese sticks, some French fries, and then my favorite Rotel cheese dip. They stuck some Rotel cheese dip, just lathered it up on there, and I just was going crazy thinking, I could give it a shot. I, I, I could eat I could at least try it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably addicted to Rotel cheese dip. My brother and I growing up. We literally, my mom would make a giant bowl with a whole you know, slab of Velveeta, which says, if you eat, you might die. And we would eat the entire thing of Rotel cheese dip. So obviously, we, I, I have a little bit of a problem. And I, can I order food while I'm... 648888, see if you can get a, a pizza delivered here. I could probably eat a little Pizza Hut pizza while I'm preaching. I could probably take a bite and then keep preaching. Uh, that's, the, that's the kind of appetite I have. The problem is I watch that show... At about 10 p.m. Heather and I have watched a few episodes and I kind of look over at her like, are you hungry? <laughs> I could probably, I could maybe whip one of those sandwiches up. That sounds pretty good. Well, if, if I'm ever going to get in the kind of shape that I'd like to, you know, you hear Christian talking about, we're all trying to stay in shape. We're trying to work out with a couple of these cronies around here. We're, we're trying to get in shape. If I'm ever going to get in shape, I need to work on my appetite. I've got to have a new appetite. And I want you to realize that if a person is ever going to get their life on track for God, they've got to have a new spiritual appetite. You have got to have a new spiritual appetite. See, I believe this. I believe Zacchaeus, I believe he had heard of Jesus. And I believe he had heard of the lives that were being changed by Zacchaeus. And I think he realized that he needed something different in his life. I think he started to have a new appetite in his life because I think the sin was leaving him empty. And I can tell you this, after I eat a whole thing of Rotel cheese dip, I don't feel very good. I feel like, what am I doing? Man, I'm a loser. What am I doing? Why did I eat all that? I'm I'm an idiot. And I can tell you in 1997, when I gave my life to Christ, I had a new appetite in my life. I needed something new in my life. I was throwing my life away with a variety of things that, unfortunately, are far from honorable to God. And I, I began as I gave my life to Christ to have a new appetite. And if a person's going to have the kind of uh, life that God wants for God, they need to have a new appetite. Turn back to Luke chapter 19. Let's look at the first few verses. Let's see what happened again. Jesus entered Jericho, and he was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not. And because of the crowd that was in front of him, so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Jesus was coming that way. And here's what, here's what it was. See, how many of you remember the song, A Wee Little Man? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for Jesus he wanted to see. And I could see this. See, Zacchaeus could have had this excuse Jesus is coming through town, but I can't see him. The crowd's too, too, too crowded. I can't see him. I'm going to I'm gonna have to maybe catch him another time. Maybe, maybe I'll go see what's happening another time. But Zacchaeus had such a new appetite. He was yearning for something new in his life that he climbed this tree, and I don't think he wanted anything to get in the way of his life. He didn't want anything to get in the way of him seeing Jesus. He knew he needed something new. Nothing, nothing was going to stand in the way of him seeing Jesus. And I want to challenge you this morning. You've got to make sure nothing is in the way of you seeing Jesus. Nothing is in the way of you meeting and feeding that hunger for Jesus. And so he climbed up in that tree to make sure that he could get a view. And he had to have this this new appetite. And I think Zacchaeus very possibly may have felt like a lot of people do. I've talked to people that say, you know what, Jesus, he doesn't want anything to do with me. When I get my life cleaned up, maybe... Maybe I can go and be a part of a church. Maybe I can go and Jesus would love me. And I think perhaps Zacchaeus may have felt a little worthless. But he realized, I just need to see him. If I could just see him, maybe it would be different. His spiritual appetite was beginning to, to, uh, to change, and he wasn't going to let anything stand in the way. And I have a challenge for you this morning. What are you craving? What is your appetite like? What are you craving in your life? I want you to look at a couple of verses. 1 John chapter 2, 15-17. through 17. And from the new living translation it says this: Do not love this world nor the things it offers. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. I love what Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, it says this, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You know unfortunately the appetite of a lot of people is for things that are of the world that are not pleasing to God. People have cravings for drugs, they have cravings for for alcohol, they have have cravings for a life that causes them to make a, a bunch of poor decisions. Some of those decisions caused their health to be bad. Some of those decisions caused death. I had a grandfather. Um, unfortunately, I never got a chance to meet who died at the age of 47 because he was an alcoholic. And for me, I knew that alcohol was ruining my life. So 13 years ago, I stopped drinking it. For me, it was ruining my life. I had to get it out of my life. I had to have a new appetite for things of God in my life. And that was leading me in the wrong direction. I want you to think about a a, a statement. I want to. uh, Hopefully, it's a statement that you'll walk out of here and you'll really think about for your life. You have got to begin to crave things. You've got to begin to uh, have an appetite for things more. Let me get this right. Let me get this right. You can no longer have a bigger craving for the things of the world than you do for the things of Jesus. Did you catch that? You can no longer have a craving for the things of the world than you do for the things of Jesus. There's a logo of man versus food and it's a picture of an all-star wrestler. And this all-star wrestler is holding this piece of food and he's literally sitting there and he's, he's, he's pounding it. He's pounding this piece of food so he can overcome it. And there's gonna be certain things in your life that you're gonna have to learn to overcome. You're gonna have to have a new pursuit. And as I thought about Zacchaeus, I thought about myself and about you. What is your appetite like? Do you have a hunger for the things of God? Think about that for a moment. I don't mean, do you enjoy just going to church once in a while? Do you truly have a hunger for the things of God? Do you have a hunger to go help people who are in need? Do you have a hunger to say, I can't wait to get into my Bible today? I can't wait to have a moment of quietness so that I can just spend some time with you, God. I I need you, God. I, I have a hunger for the things of God. So you know there's uh, we were at that youth camp with with Pastor Christian a few weeks ago, after the ones that our kids went on, and we were during the we were during the worship there was a, a guy in front of me, he was a handicapped guy, and he was literally praising God like no one i 've ever seen. He was just so in tune, he was singing as loud as I can, and I started to tear up, and I said, "God, I need a hunger like that he wa- He wants to know and love Jesus in such a powerful way God." I, I can't even hold a candle to the amount of passion that that guy has and it was challenging to me to think about the kind of appetite that I have for God in my own life take a look at the second evidence of a transformed life and as you look at it you see that he had a new attitude Turn in your Bibles again to Luke chapter 19 stay with me in verses 5 and 6 it says when Jesus reached the spot he looked up and said to him Zacchaeus come down immediately I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. If you look at the New Living Translation, it actually says he welcomed Jesus with great excitement and joy. How many of you know a person or have seen people who look like they've been sucking on a pickle? Meaning they are just as, they're not going to smile. They're not going to look at you. They're not gonna, they just look like they're as grumpy as they can be. They're not even going to think about smiling. Like, don't even, don't even, because I ain't going to smile. Don't even attempt to shake my hand. I'm not going to smile at you. Well, one of my favorite parts of the opening ceremony was uh, the Queen of England. Now, the Queen of England, I thought, had one of the coolest things. James Bond escorted the Queen of England into the uh, Olympic Games. And of course, they had that little drama, that little skit that they did. Did she smile? No, she didn't smile at all. She didn't smile one bit. She had the coolest thing in the world. She just skydives out of the plane onto, uh, you know, where she's going to walk out for the opening ceremony. She don't smile. She don't even think about smiling. She don't even act like she's going to pleasantly greet anyone. And as I thought about it, I thought, you know, what is it? it looked as though she would rather be knitting she looked as though she had like what else could I be doing other than being at the Olympics her her attitude didn't seem the greatest you know I, I want you to picture in your mind for a moment the difference between a religious person and a person that loves Jesus I was sitting on a plane with a gentleman a couple of weeks ago real nice young man we we hit it off we we found out we had some things in common and, of course, as you do, you start asking, you know, what do you do? What do you do? And I said, you know, hey, I'm a part of a, a church. We're, we're, we're planning a church in Lee Summit. It's really exciting. You know, we're trying to let people know that, that it's about having a relationship with Jesus and not about just religion and following a bunch of rules. And all of a sudden he said, that's an awesome way to put it. That, I, 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 I like that. He goes, how would you put that again? It was like totally foreign to him. He said, "He said, can you explain that to me?" So I got—I I had an opportunity to go on and explain to him how you have a, a relationship with Jesus, and not just about going to a place and following a bunch of, of rules or, or traditions. You see, the Bible will tell us as you as you look through the Bible, you'll see that sometimes religious people can have bad attitudes. And if you look back at, at chapter seven or uh, 19 verse seven, look what it says again. It says, "All the people." All the people, do you know who was following Jesus around? Not only were there people who wanted their lives to be changed by him, but there was a lot of religious people who were following him around. So there was a lot of religious people who were checking him out. And see, it says all the people saw this. Remember, he just told Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. Zacchaeus says, great. So they all know that Jesus is now going to have lunch with this guy who's hated. He's a sinner. He's he's not a good dude says all the people saw this and they began to mutter he's gone to be the guest of a sinner and so unfortunately we can have times where we've got to make sure that we're careful in the kind of attitude that we have towards people the the new living translation called the sinner scum they were calling him scum he is going to have lunch with that scum and you know as we think about our attitudes we've got to make sure that we are realizing that there are lost people all over the place and we have to have an attitude towards lost people that we show that we love them we've got to make sure that we you know I I get I get fired up and I want to stand for something I don't know about you but I want to stand for something but I have to balance that with wanting to stand so firmly for something that the only thing people know around me is what I'm against. Meaning I'm for against this. And I stand so firmly against this. And, and I there are biblical things that I want to stand for. So don't read me wrong. But I want to make sure people know that I love them no matter what. I love all people because Jesus tells me to. Now, do I have to battle some judgmental attitudes at times? Yes do I have to battle some stereotypes that I have to be careful yes I do but I have to check myself I have to say God is that the kind of attitude that you would want me to have unfortunately let's face it there's some folks that don't like lost people they don't really think about them they don't really care about them and they just assume they never walk in the doors and that's, that is not how it should happen in churches all across the, America. We've got to make sure that we are, we are having an attitude that is welcoming. We know that Jesus hung out with sinners. If you look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 9, uh, we see it again. Turn to your Bibles, Matthew chapter 9, and see what it says. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. It says this. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector booth. He likes these tax collectors. He goes and he, 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 he talks to another one. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him. Boy, he's got a whole party of bad people. He's got a whole group of these sinful... What is he doing? And when the, when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, that is the kind of attitude that we've got to have. You know, if you look at Luke chapter 5, Jesus even touched sinful people that no one else would touch the story goes that he he saw a leper and people wouldn't even get near a leper and Jesus not only went up to him but he touched him and then he told after he would healed him he said don't go tell anybody don't go tell anybody what I've done and of course we read further on in in Luke chapter 5 that the guy had done the opposite it says the word about Jesus spread all the more see I don't know if you realize but when people have their lives changed by Jesus it it causes them to get an infectious attitude to want to share with everyone. At least that's what we see in the Bible. I don't know about you. I don't know about the rest of the community. But that's what we see in the Bible. When people had their lives transformed by Him, they couldn't stop telling people about Him. And unfortunately, I'm afraid that some people have stopped telling people what Jesus has done in their life. They've stopped telling people how great Jesus is, how He has transformed them. And we've got to make sure that we don't stop till the day we die. We are telling people what Jesus has done. I don't care if it gets old and people go, I don't want to hear your testimony anymore. I hope that the day I'm laying on my deathbed, I'm literally, I'm talking I'm talking to the nurses. I'm talking to the doctors. I'm talking to anybody that can and say, let me tell you about how I used to be. Let me tell you how Jesus transformed this drunk scumbag womanizer. God transformed me. We should, we should not stop until the day we die. So let me ask you today, how's your attitude? Do you have an attitude that is full of excitement about God, that's full of excitement towards church, that's full of welcoming and love towards lost people? When your life and your attitude is led by the Holy Spirit, people are going to see the following. How many of you know Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23? You see the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and forbearance peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control man. when you have a relationship with Jesus it's gonna bring this new attitude in your life that should be infectious it should be infectious I've got an idea for a new television show write this down somebody book it Uh, it's gonna be uh, extreme makeover life edition and here's my idea you literally what we do is we have an intervention On the grumpiest people we know we literally like pull up in a car throw them in the backseat and say come on you're on the show and we say this we're gonna love them we're gonna shower them in God's Word we're gonna pray with them we're gonna surround them with God honoring encouraging people that are literally just gonna love on them like crazy like eight weeks or ten weeks or five years if it takes that long. And we have a reality show and we can all plug in crazy and go, oh, they blew their top. Well, you should have seen what they did to that person. They may not want to, but I believe that if we do so, if we'd have that kind of reality show, I believe that with God's power, we would see people transformed by God's Word. We would see people transformed by, by the love of other people in their life, pouring into them, believing in them, caring for them. You know, we see an idea like that and we think, oh, that, that sounds great. But think about it. They need to see that same attitude in you and I. Because I think if those enough grumpy people saw what was happening, how many people do you think want to be on Biggest Loser? I think throughout the country there are people that are sending their resume like crazy. I want to be on that show. I need that transformation. I need that transformation. I guarantee you they select, what, 10, 12, 20 people? I guarantee you they go through thousands of people that want to be on that show. I think if we had enough people whose lives were transformed, people would be lining up. I need extreme makeover life edition. But what's interesting is shouldn't they be seeing that the moment they walk out of this door? Shouldn't they be seeing that the moment they that you walk out of your home in the morning after you spent time with the Lord and you said, I'm on fire for God? It should be infectious. That's the kind of attitude that we're supposed to have. And uh, I want you to think about this as we as we head towards the finish, of the third evidence of a transformed life, and that is new actions. We'll see new actions in a person's life. You know, uh, you see in Zacchaeus, look at the the final verses here in, in Luke chapter 19. Let's look at them again. And it says, But Zacchaeus stood up, and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay it back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. How was Abraham saved? By faith. Zacchaeus on the spot was saved by his faith. He is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Zacchaeus made immediate changes in his life and unfortunately I think we're in a a time where a lot of people, they drag their feet for years and years and they just, they kind of refuse to change their life. And I don't know if they realize, but repentance is a huge part of salvation. Repentance is so important. We see so many uh, 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 verses and, and, um, and themes in the Bible of repentance. If you don't know what that means, it means that I once was walking away from God, if, if Christ is over here, I once was walking away from God, and I'm now saying, God, I need my actions to represent You. And I start walking towards the cross, striving to live for Him. I have repented. I have changed my life. I have not just had a Savior. Hey, I want to go to heaven. I love that. Here, I want to go to heaven. I've got to, also have a, I've got to have a Lord. I've got to have a Lord, a God to rule my life every day. I need a God to rule my life. I love the story about Christian last week. He, remember his road rage and he was a maniac. And remember the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, hallelujah, right? Sold it again. And, uh, you know, just like just like him, we all need, every day, we need God to, to continue to fill us with actions that will honor God. Because I'm a sinner like you are. Um, Luke chapter 5, verse 32 says this, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And in Acts chapter 20, verse 21, I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a guy by the name of uh, Shannon O'Dell. He's a preacher, brand new church. And he spoke at that youth camp and I took something away from what he said. He said this, he said, salvation without obedience is not in the Bible. Salvation without obedience is not found in the Bible. And it's such a powerful statement, and, and I think we have to take that into our hearts, and it means that as a Christian, my actions are going to be new. And how do I know what actions a Christians do? Well, I, I, I read God's Word. I see Jesus' life. A Christian is a follower of Christ, so I get to see His life, I get to see His actions, and I get to see how to live, how to love people, how to forgive people. How to control my anger, how to how to have a life that is pleasing to him. And, and not only will we have actions uh, that will try to be more Christ-like, but we'll also strive to sin less. We should also strive to sin less. I want to say another statement. If you don't sin less than you did before, then you may not have been transformed. If you do not sin less now as a believer in Jesus Christ, you may not have been transformed. And we have to be wise. If you look in Proverbs, we've got to be wise about protecting ourselves so that our actions can be new. In the Old Testament, let me flip too far there, Proverbs chapter 1. It's one of the greatest. I I tell a lot of new believers uh, as they get in the Bible that Proverbs should be one of the first few books that they read because it's so powerful. And it's such just wisdom for everyday life. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10 through 16. It says, uh, my son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for someone's blood. Let's waylay some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive and, and, and like the grave and whole, like those who go down to the pit, we will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. In other words, if, if, if people who are sinning say, come on, join me, let's go do some stuff. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us, and we will share a common purse. Then it says, My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into sin. We've got to make sure that we're careful. We're thinking about it. We're using wisdom about things that we should do and shouldn't do. I can tell you that as my kids get older, I'm going to be be lovingly warning them to not do some of the same things that I did. I'm going to be lovingly warning them to be careful about some of the the, the cronies that they hang with because I know that there were times when I got in with folks that probably did things that I wouldn't have done. So I wasn't wasn't using wisdom in some of my actions. Uh, Let's look at uh, Titus chapter 2, 11 through 15. Titus chapter 2, 11 through 15 says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Man, there's some powerful verses. And I want to ask you today, have you allowed God to change your actions? You see, Zacchaeus, his life changed noticeably right away. Right away, he was giving back things that he had stolen. And he was saying, if I've wronged anybody, I want to make it right. I'm going to to give back above and beyond because I want to make sure that my slate is clean. that That I've given back and made right for what I've done. I can tell you this, when I gave my life to Christ, I took longer than I probably should have. I took a couple of years to really get my life on track. And the honest reason, here's the honest reason. I didn't want to give up some of my sin. I didn't want to give up partying. I didn't want to give up some of the things that I enjoyed doing. I paid consequences for them. I got in trouble for some of them. Caused some heartache for some of them. I was dragging my feet. I wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to lead my life. I was still kind of hanging on to some things. God was trying to you know, pull me in this direction, but I was still kind of dragging this direction. I want to ask you, how about your life? There's a wonderful website, IAmSecond.org. I am, spell out the word second.org. And it's a story after story of lives that have been transformed by Jesus Christ. Stories of Josh Hamilton, Kathy Ireland, Tony Dungy, Brian Head Welch from the band Corn. Lacrae, Jason Castro, and so many others. I mean, story after story of lives that have been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, by the power of God's word in their life. And I want to ask you, are these evidences of a transformed life are they true in your life? Do you have a new appetite? Do you have a new attitude? Are there new actions that are leading you every day so people can say, wasn't that once, yeah, that's him. Isn't that the person that, yeah, that's her. They that would see evidence of a, of a transformed life. And if today you're standing there and say, I don't know, I, I don't see any of those things in my life. I'm not the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit right now in this moment convicting your heart can, can speak to you and help you to understand whether you truly have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you don't today, The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, listen to this verse. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? If you would, bow your heads with me this morning. And Father, I I couldn't close this morning without giving people an opportunity to meet with you Father, I couldn't close today without an opportunity for every person in here to examine their own life in this moment. And know whether or not that they've ever accepted Jesus Christ into their life as their Lord and Savior. Maybe years ago they said, yeah, I want to go to heaven. But as they think about it, they recognize they never made you Lord of their life. They never repented of their sins. And Father, today is the day that they can make that right. They can pray. Father, they can say, God, I want to give you all of me. And if you're here, and perhaps you've been waiting, you've been dragging on whether or not you should make a decision to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior again, today is the day. And with every head bowed, I want to give everyone an opportunity that if you would like to, you can follow me in this prayer of salvation. My prayer doesn't save you. My words don't save you. The condition of your heart right now with God, giving your life, giving your your all to God is what, what saves you. Dear God, thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Transform me. Help me to live for you. I need you. Thank you for saving me. And Father, if there are those here today that have been struggling to let this evidence be true in their life, then this prayer is for them. Dear God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord, that my appetite has been for other things. Father, I'm so sorry that my attitude has been not pleasing to You. And Father, I'm sorry that my actions have not been con- consistent with the life of that is filled with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I need you as well. Lead me today. Let me walk out of here with an infectious attitude, an appetite for your word, with Lord, just this this hunger to please you and to serve you and to reach lost people. And let them see Jesus in my life. Father, we love you. Thank you for this amazing story of Zacchaeus, this hated man, this scum who had his life transformed by Jesus Christ. And Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you would, if, uh, if you're with us for the first time today, if you're a guest of ours, if you would, if you would take out the connection card that I mentioned before the service, we actually have a gift for you today. If you stop by either the uh, one of the tables back there, or the guest VIP guest tent in the front, we have a, a gift for you, a, a free book from Andy Stanley that we'd like to put in your hands. And if you would fill out the connection card as, uh, as the plates go by, we want you uh, to just fill out some information, if you would, your, your name, phone number, maybe your address. We're not going to knock on your door. We may drop you a, a call. We may email you. But we just want to say hi and welcome you. We're glad you're at Journey Church International today. Um, for those moms in here, or young ladies, or, or or older ladies, we are want to take an interest today in those that are interested in mops. I know we've had people mention that, but today we want to kind of take a a poll, if you will, if, if you're interested. So if you would also on the back of your connection card, if you would just write, "I'm interested in mops," or just "mops." You don't have to write a whole paragraph. Just write "mops." and drop that in Uh, we're gonna be in the planning stages of trying to launch that this fall we've uh, we've uh, been been thinking about it a while but I know some folks would like us to to get that going so we would like to do that if you would write down mops on the back of your card, that would be helpful ushers as you get into your places as you know we support many causes here at journey church international we give the first 12 percent to uh, to causes around our community and causes around the world I want to play a short video. As you know, uh, we are going down to Guatemala September 21st through the 27th. We've now confirmed there are 13 of us from Journey Church International that are going to go down, book the tickets, we're ready to go, and we're going to go build a home. Uh, well, our church is going to, have the, it's going to be building while we're uh, getting ready to go there, and then we're going to go and dedicate it, and then we're going to be working on a number of other projects. But it's a $3,000 house. Believe it or not, you can build a home for $3,000 in Guatemala. Uh, I'm going to show you a picture of the, of the family that our church, part of your 12%, is going to pay for this $3,000 house for the Francisco family. So ushers, if you would pass the plates. I want to show this video while it goes, and I've just got two more quick announcements. Let's uh, see the Francisco family.
1: Cordones, tengo 22 años. Ella es mi esposa, María Lorena Sara García, tiene 23 años. Y él es mi hijo, que llama José Ordóñez, tiene dos años. Y mi trabajo es de en el campo de sembrar, este verdura. Hey Ryan, we're here at the house of Juan Francisco and his family. This is a house that's really just made of uh, thin garage door panels. Let's take a look here. Give you an idea. This is the uh, what would be like the kitchen, just like a pila. And all this house is is just a very thin metal, no insulation, dirt floors that will be mud as soon as the rain starts. And puede ver adentro. This is uh this is their bedroom. They have a little table there, a bed, and soft soft wet mud floors here and the rain hasn't even started yet so and and this es, is es que? es un... es okay okay this is their kitchen here so this is where they cook have a little gas stove over here in the corner little uh, little table a little open fire
0: Well, We're excited to, uh, to be able to, to give to them. Thank you guys for your giving. I wanted you to know, just take a, a snippet of the Francisco family that's going to get a new home because of the giving of Journey Church International. A couple quick announcements I want to finish with. Uh, Faith and Family Day. Uh, there are still opportunities, I believe, to grab some tickets at the Welcome Center. Uh, that is next Saturday. They're going to be tailgating and going to see the Royals. And then, of course, uh, Josh Hamilton is going to be sharing his testimony that night at the game and then building 429 is going to be the band so it's going to be a fun fellowship they'll, uh, they'll obviously give you the information at the uh, welcome center but we'll, uh, stop by there and get tickets for your family and then student impact is on August 5th and that's next Sunday night at 5 o'clock although after talking with the family they said you can come out a little bit early if you would like and swim uh, but they're gonna kick off around five but they said they had a great time so all youth students Uh, Be ready uh, next Sunday night to go and have a fun time at the uh, McVeigh's house. But we're glad you're with us this morning. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm blessed that God has transformed my life. I'm thankful that I'm not the person that I used to be. I'm thankful that the blood of Jesus transformed me, and I get to live for Him every day full of joy, knowing that He's changed me and transformed me. But we're glad you're here. Uh, if you have other info, uh, need other information, the Next Steps booth is right back there. There's uh, lots of information about the church, but God bless you. Let's go ahead and pray and close. Father, we love you. Thank you for a chance to be in, in uh, your home this morning. Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you that, uh, Lord, you've just done a great work in so many of our lives. And Father, I would pray if there's anyone here today that had their life transformed, that they would come and they would tell me that they would have that infectious attitude. They would come and say, today... I invited Jesus Christ into into uh, in my life. Or they would email me. They would contact me. They would let me know so that we could rejoice with them. And Father, that we could help them grow in their new Christian walk. Father, thank you for all that you're doing. And uh, Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for uh, being at Journey Church International this morning.